0: You're listening to The Ascension Roundtable Podcast, Episode 66, How One College Professor is Challenging Today's Hookup Culture. Dr. Carrie Cronin from Boston College doesn't just give her students essays. She gives them an assignment that requires them to ask someone out on a good, old-fashioned first date. It's something she's been doing for a while, and it's featured in a new feature-length documentary released this week called The Dating Project. If you work with teens, college students, or young adults, you won't want to miss out on hearing about what Dr. Cronin has discovered when it comes to hookup culture and dating in today's day and age. Hello, and welcome to the show. This is Marisa, producer of the Ascension Roundtable, and in studio with me today is Josh Rudiger, who is part of the Ascension team here in Pennsylvania, and he has been working with The Dating Project Um, And he's here to help me interview today's guest. Today's guest is an awesome woman who's doing some really revolutionary things on the campus of Boston College with her students. And I'll introduce her in just a moment. But first, I want to welcome Josh. Great to be here. Today's guest is Dr. Carrie Cronin. And Dr. Carrie Cronin... Um, received her B.A. and her M.A. in philosophy and her Ph.D. in education from Boston College. And she currently teaches there as a professor of philosophy and theology. And she has become renowned for a project that she gives to her students And this project was featured in the new feature-length documentary, The Dating Project, which came out on June 5th of this year. You can find it in Walmart, at Target, you can find it on Amazon, um, also digitally on Amazon Prime, and you can find out more at thedatingprojectmovie.com. So today, welcome to the show, Dr. Cronin.
1: Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here.
0: Awesome. So let's get started, Josh. I'm going to actually throw it to you to ask Dr. Cronin the first question.
1: Sounds good. So, Dr. Cronin, what led you to start this project with your students?
0: Oh my gosh,
2: um, yeah, it was it was a long time ago. I was um, at, oh gosh, probably 12 or 13 years ago now. I think I I was teaching a class, um, a capstone class here at Boston College. Uh, you know, these capstone classes are. Are for seniors, and it was just a one-credit course, uh, senior year, sort of thinking about life and your vocation in life and education and all that. And, and in the midst of um, some conversations with students, I, I had asked the students about dating and they, you know, after graduation, were you going to break up with people? Were you going to try to stay together and do the distance thing, what, and what have you? And, had said to me, oh my gosh, you know, we're, we don't date at all. That's just not something we do anymore. So he, so when I, um, when I was in this class, I said to students, hey, why don't, why don't you try going on a date? Why don't you do that? It was just something I stumbled into. And there were 15 students in the class that, that semester. One of them was already dating somebody. So there were 14 students who said, yeah, 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 we'll go on dates. That would be great. And we'll come back and talk about it. And and by the end of the semester, what had happened was they came back every week and talked about it and they and wow. only one student actually went on a date. But they kept talking about, wow. it, talking about it and talking about it and talking about how nervous they were and how awkward this was and how terrible it was and but they wanted to do it and all all this and and they were asking like crazy questions, like, "Well, what would you do on a date? What should you talk about?" And I thought, "Oh my gosh, what's going on? This is crazy." So, so
1: just to clarify, when you say that they all said that they didn't date, do you mean that they weren't in relationships, or they, or they just weren't going on uh, structured dates?
2: Oh, that's a really good question. So, what I what I discovered was, well, what they first told me was, "Oh, we don't do that dating thing." And I thought, "Well, what, what do you mean?" And in a in a separate conversation with it with about 18 years that year uh 18 years who were amazing people really like wonderful mm-hmm. experts smart beautiful people they you know these those eight students said oh no we haven't i've never been on a date and i thought well wait what's going on are you all just opting out or what are you doing and what what is the truth is that most students Um, what I found was that most students were either completely opting out of the whole dating relationship uh, scene or they were just participating in hookup culture whenever they kind of wanted to step into that. And then they would step out and then be busy with their own lives. So hookup culture was a dominant script that I heard about from them, but also lots of students were saying, well, we're just steering clear of the whole thing.
1: Hmm. And this is, and so this is for guys and girls, you think like, pretty equally? or
2: Yes, yes, for men and women. But, uh, but I, I I, will say um, that when I went into this, when I first started uh, after that semester, I, I, I started uh, assigning a date assignment each semester to my students and asking them to ask somebody out in person and follow a set of instructions that I eventually came up with because I realized I didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> what happened was and, and then asking them to come back and reflect with each other, to talk to each other about what was going on socially, how hard this was to do, and that kind of thing. And I have to say, I have to admit now, I didn't know that I had a, a an assumption that men preferred hookup culture while women would want relationships. I had that bias. I didn't know that I had it. But over the years, I was... I, 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 I really found out that I was wrong about that. I would say, over the years talking to thousands of students, generally my sense is that men here at Boston College, anyway, men generally would prefer to date and have relationships. Really, but that women tend to be running the
1: hookup culture. That's fascinating.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was something that I, I was re, that kind of really surprised
1: me. So, so when you say women are running the hookup culture. Do you mean because they're kind of the gatekeepers, like they decide, uh, you know, whether there's going to be a hookup or not? Or or, or could you clarify about that? That's so fascinating. I've never heard that.
2: Sure, sure. I would say that, yeah, part of it is that uh, they are sort of determining uh, the extent to which uh, hookup culture, hookups happen and the extent to which maybe you might start dating out of a hookup. But also, and maybe more importantly, women are are sort of. I think the or my impression is, women are running the conversation about what people generally will want and what what's deemed needy or awkward. And so, women sort of tend to to have a little more power mm-hmm. and social uh, social finesse about. Uh, giving as uh, sort of controlling the conversation and uh, running what what gets talked about, what gets laughed at, and what's popular. You know what what people yeah. sort of uh, criticize other people about. And so hookup culture is something that's not only widely accepted, but is the, a thing that gets you a lot of social credibility, a lot of social status. And I I do think that. That women are a little more adept at controlling those those status points.
0: I um I listened to an interview. Um, it was an on NPR's podcast Hidden Brain, and they interviewed uh, Lisa Wade, who I guess has studied hookup culture, and she just was arguing like that this is not about lust. That um, hookup culture is just it it is about hierarchy and um, popularity and social standing and that um, her other argument is that it's just exhausting uh, to keep up with and that it's a very, very difficult thing to navigate if you are not extremely, with if you don't have a, a high social IQ uh, or fit into kind of a certain box and um, I love her. I would really recommend listening to, uh, pod, to her podcast,
2: uh, that podcast. I, I, I think it's that one. I've, I've heard a couple of uh, interviews with her. I think she's wonderful. I think she has a lot, right? It, it was either in that podcast or another one where she said that she heard this from a student, which I, I think just sums it up. She heard this from a young woman, and, and it has to do with that uh, this point that you're making, that social capital is really important in this. And then the social status that you get in hookup culture and that sort of sense of belonging right, to the community, to what's going on in, on college campuses, to what's going on in the young adult scene. Hooking up is, is part of what gets you moved along in your social status and in the milestones of, of adulting from a lot of young adult points point of view. And what one thing that she, Pointed out at this point that this young woman said, yeah. Well, the thing about hookup culture is that it's it's kind of rotten to feel like somebody's using you, but it's worse to feel that somebody that nobody wants to use you. Yeah, that to me kind of sums up uh, what what is going on in hookup culture.
1: Do you think that part of the challenge of uh, kind of bringing more traditional dating back is that there is not as much social capital? seen in taking on taking somebody on a 45 minute uh coffee date as there is in a hookup let's say
2: oh absolutely not only is there not as much social capital there you you really have to excuse yourself when you're doing it because dating is associated with uh being needy and being clingy and and that is you know to to the earlier points of the difference between in, in how men and women view this. I, I, I do talk to a lot of college women about the fact that, you know, especially at a place like Boston College, they're paying a lot of money. They're getting into a lot of debt to to come to a school like this. And a lot of women are getting messaging from their families and their friends and the culture that they better get out there and get their careers in order. And, and men are getting that same messaging too. And, and that relationships are going to sideline that, mm-hmm. and and relationships are too are you know take up too much time, and there's people are needy and they're clingy and they're going to and they're going to drag you down, and they're going to take up too much energy and time and too much real estate, you know, psychic real estate, which is true. I mean, relationships do that. Um, but so everybody's kind of scared off by it. So so to your point, you know, hooking up gets you social points. But dating and relationships actually detract from your social status.
0: That's so interesting. I mean, that seems like such a cultural shift, and especially that idea of the men who are then needy and clingy if they want to enter into a consistent relationship, whereas I feel like the stereotype of the past has been that women are the more likely ones to be. In that position of of being clingy and kind of chasing
2: that's right absolutely absolutely i I've talked to to many guys who say to me, "Well, you know when you ask when you ask somebody out, women often if you ask a woman out, she typically will look at you like, "Wait a minute, do you have an engagement ring in your pocket like i don't want to deal with this and and so that whole idea that that dating is is burdensome is really uh, Sort of alive and kicking in this scene now i I talked to many students who who do end up dating uh, by say maybe their junior year or their senior year, but that is there's a way in which people are are happy for them, but also you have to it's almost like you have to excuse yourself but you know this really worked out or you know all my friends like this person it's almost as though you have to excuse yourself for for dating somebody
0: so in creating i guess in this documentary being created out of the project that was kind of your uh experiment what are some of the things that you want people to take away from watching and discussing it what are, what are your hopes for that
2: oh all right well well let me say one thing before i answer the question um they had already started this documentary. I think they had been working on this documentary for almost a year before they met me. Um, the producers emailed me and just asked if I would give an interview for the movie. So they were already sort of following um, hmm. the older adults, the 20 something, 30 something, and 40 something single people dating. And they had, were going to come to campus and just interview me and film me giving the assignment to my freshman class, and then they got snowed in while they were here, so they ended <laughs> up not staying just for one day, but for several days, and they asked if any students wanted to be in the movie, and that's how these younger college, these two college students, students of mine, uh, ended up in the movie, so, wow. so the movie, you know, didn't come out of this, they were already working on it, they're great filmmakers, the, the director and two producers um, who originally worked on it, and, and they just did a great job with it. I guess I guess my hope for this would be that that the availability of the movie through streaming and DVD would just be. I think it's really well done. It's not preachy. It's very. It's beautifully shot. The music is great. The stories move along. There's a little bit too much of me, I think, but (laughs) you know, you're gonna listen to my terrible voice, but. But it's really a great movie to get a conversation going. I think it's a great it's a great catalyst for conversation because there's so much to talk about in terms of the different reflections that each of the the five single people offer, and there's just a lot to talk about. I think it would be great to use in confirmation classes and with college students and, and parents, you know, to talk to and grandparents and family members to talk to their. Uh, young adult relatives, and I, I think co- to have an open conversation about, hey, why is dating so hard, and, and how can we support people who are trying to do it, and 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 I would love to, you know, somebody asked me in, a, in an interview, well, what, what would you recommend to, for older family members, you know, who, who are trying to support the young adults who are dating or not dating, and I said, you know, Part of what I would really love is if, you know, we often hear about the way that, you know, the way that our parents or grandparents or aunts and uncles met, but usually we don't talk about their failed relationships. I would love to have mm-hmm. people talk around the dinner table about, wow, the person I dated and went through a bad breakup with, or, you know, I think mm-hmm. it's really helpful to talk about getting through the hard times or the failures or the heartbreaks, because that's going to be part of it too. And I think it's so scary, but you don't talk enough about, you know, the fact that you get through it and you're okay, even though you felt super awkward for a while.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. And so how we kind of alluded to this earlier, that part of the culture is based around the, the social capital of hooking up. And, and is there something that youth ministers or campus ministers could do to help promote a healthy dating culture in a non-awkward way? Because <laughs> I know you brought up that awkwardness is kind of the, the kryptonite of this whole pitch for a traditional date. So is there something that they can do to help promote a healthier dating culture uh, in a way that wouldn't be seen as, I guess, a, a way that wouldn't be scorned or laughed at?
2: Yeah, 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 that's a great question. Um, I think, you know, starting conversations, um, honest conversations about uh, dating and hookup culture have to start with well, not they don't have to, but I have found that the, the easiest ways to really enter into that conversation um, are I found two ways that work. I mean, there's there's a hundred ways to go wrong on on starting helpful conversations and and activities like an assignment or something or speed dating or something like you know on campus or something like that. There's a hundred ways to go wrong, or a thousand ways to go wrong, and, and most of those ways that are wrong have something to do with being overly preachy or overly judgmental or or sort of really coming in uh, with a really negative mes- message about hookup culture and that sort of thing. Because, look, you know, this generation of college students and young adults, they were candid this culture. They didn't create it. and and they don't know how to move through this uh, easily. And it's extremely uncomfortable and awkward. So any help we can give them is great. And, but those conversations have to be actually helpful. I find that the two best ways to approach these conversations is, one, through humor. <laughs> if you can get people laughing about the absurdity of, of feeling awkward and you know, putting yourself out there. And have people talk about it together that they can, they really can encourage each other. That's one of the most beautiful things that, um, that I've noticed in my students when they get the assignment, they have two weeks to get it done, and they come back and they talk to each other about their fears and their joys and their awkwardness, and it's beautiful to see them talk to each other about that and support each other, and they really encourage each other. It's so wonderful. The second way to to get into these conversations and support people is through stories. So part of the assignment, uh, my assignment, is that students have to write up a two to three page reflection on what it was like to ask somebody in person, what it was like to go on a date, and what are their ideas about dating and hookup culture um, and relationships, all of it. And when I give talks on campuses and on this campus, I, I will often read excerpts from those reflections, and when I'm reading excerpts from student reflections, you can hear a pin drop, even in an auditorium of five or 600 people. Wow. They love to listen to their own stories about this, because, because they're all you know, there's this sort of grinding low-level grinding fear and uh, that's going on uh, yeah. that I find in young adults about this. And they love to hear that they're not alone.
0: I think that that, that community building that you've done is, is so... Um, it's so interesting. I think people think of relationships as such a personal thing. You're, by nature, they are exclusive. But what you're saying is, no, it's rebuilding an entire culture. And you have to build that culture out of a community. First, and um,
2: you put that really beautifully. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's it's awesome that you're inviting these students to share their stories and then sharing those stories. Um, you know, I think that that is that starts to give those students a sense of of gaining some social capital back without yeah. having <laughs> to give up some of their their dignity. So that is such a noble. Such a noble thing, and we are so grateful uh, for the work that you're doing there at Boston College, but then um, also how that work has kind of grown past that. So, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. And um, we just can't encourage our listeners enough to check out the Dating Project movie. You can check it out at thedatingprojectmovie.com. The DVD is available. You can get it at Walmart, you can get it at Target, and I think you can also order it off of Amazon Prime. It's also available digitally online on Amazon. And um and you can check it out again at thedatingprojectmovie.com. Thank you so much, Dr. Carrie Cronin. We are we are so grateful for it was the time. A pleasure.
2: You're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun.
0: All right. That brings us to the end of today's show. Uh, before we wrap things up entirely, though, I want to give Josh a chance to tell you guys about um just a cool collaboration that has come out of this with Ascension and the Dating Project and Jason Everett. So, Josh, can you tell us a little more about that?
1: Yeah. So, first of all, as as a lot of people know, this movie only came out one day in theaters. So, a lot of people who wanted to see it but weren't able to um, feel like they missed out. But it's okay. You can buy the DVD, and it's the best news is Ascension Press actually will be selling the DVD on ascensionpress.com, so you can watch the movie if you've missed it. And even better than that, Ascension's been working with Jason Everett to develop a guide to the movie. And one of the great things about this movie is it really stirs up conversation, and Mm -hmm. it's really something that people, especially young people, want to talk about. But like we talked about with Dr. Cronin, sometimes it can be awkward when a youth minister or a parent kind of gets involved. And part of this guide that Jason Everett wrote is how youth ministers and parents can guide these conversations or be involved in these conversations in a really fruitful way and not, uh, not come in with this kind of top-down or awkward approach. And it's, it's really something that I think is going to help a lot of people who watch this movie, especially people in groups. Um, so that's coming out later this month. You'll have an opportunity to buy a bundle, actually, the guide and the DVD, so you'll get the DVD at a discount if you buy it that way. And again, all of that will be available on ascensionpress.com slash the dating project. That's later this month of June.
0: Awesome. Well, for all our listeners, if you have any feedback, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at ascensionroundtable at ascensionpress. Thank you to um, anyone who has recently written in. I got an email today um, from Jackie in Wichita with some great feedback and a suggestion for podcasts podcast on stewardship. So that's something we will add to our list. Um, if you are interested in checking out Ascension's other podcasts, just to give you guys a heads up, we recently launched Ask Father Josh, a podcast where Father Josh Johnson answers difficult questions about, um, the Catholic faith and life and, and, um, just how to how to discern right action in a complicated world. So check that out in iTunes or on our site at ascensionpress.com slash askfatherjosh. Um, and you can also check out The Tightrope, which is a podcast where we give you three to five minute short pithy reflections um, that can help you encounter God in the midst of your busy life. So until next week, God bless and we're praying for you.